Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where we're claiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hola, hola, welcome. I'm so excited today to invite you all to welcome in Christine Gutierrez. Hola, Christine. Hola. Hola, so happy to have you here. So I have watched this incredibly beautiful inside and out mujer just rise over the years. I think we've been probably around each other maybe over 10 years, maybe over yeah. 11. Um, and I've seen her grow. I've seen her make such a big impact. And before we get into this conversation, I really want to read her bio because I want you to know so much about her. And then find out about her journey and this beautiful book that she's bringing into the world. So Christine Gutierrez is a Latina licensed psychotherapist, a life coach, expert in love addiction, trauma, abuse, and self-esteem. She has a bachelor's degree from Fordham University in human behavior and development and a master's degree from City College of New York in mental health counseling with a focus on community and prevention. Through her work, Christine offers private coaching, group coaching, and transformational retreats, such as her annual Diosa retreat in Puerto Rico, as well as the Diosa tribe, a global community where like-hearted women come to heal, rise, and lead. Christine has been featured in Time Out New York, Latina Magazine, Yahoo Healing, Ebony, Cosmo for Latinas, Huffington Post, and others. Christine currently resides in Puerto Rico with her husband, Fernando Samalot, and their pup, Bodhi, and we're going to find out how to connect with her and everything towards you. But let's, let's welcome you in, Christine. Thank you for taking the time, mi amor. Um, tell me, tell us, tell us all. How did you come to your soul calling? Because from what I've known for you, this is not like a career choice. This is a calling for you. How did you come to it? How did you awaken to it? Yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful to be here, first of all, and um, to be here with you who has been a Latina that has been um, in the spiritual field. And one of the first ones that I saw online um, and in person. And, and so like having that full circle moment where people that, you know, in a time where that wasn't a prevalent and I was really looking for voices. So just to be here with you and be talking about it is such a gift. Um, yes. But yeah, so I, I, I feel like I, the, this work is my soul work. It's my soul calling. Um, ever since I can remember being a little girl, I always had this feeling of having deep heartache for the world and deep empathy for suffering, for human suffering, for uh, marginalized communities. I can remember, you know, walking down the street in, in Brooklyn, um, in Bushwick, where I grew up, 
and um, begging my mom to talk to homeless people. And I wanted to know their story. I wanted to know what happens to them. Where was their mom and dad? Like, you know, understanding um, injustice from my own child perspective, right? And I'm really wanting to speak up on it. Um, and so just a lot of things that like memories that pop up when I think of like, where did this begin, right? Just like from as young as I can remember, just being, speaking up in school, I went to Catholic school and just being like, yeah, but this doesn't make sense. If there's other kids in other countries and they learn about God in another way, then they're still a child of God, you know, very outspoken about injustice or things that I thought were unfair. And so that carried with me. And I think that was like the seed that was planted in me. Um, and then just then going through my own experiences in my own life and that, uh, that internal suffering and, you know, uh, abuse and trauma and, you know, talking about the, the complications of, you know, growing up in a household with love and abuse, right? And, and so all of those things together really put this uh, urgency in my heart to keep doing the work both internally for myself, to heal, to become better, to become more whole, to figure out, you know, how these patterns affect us and how we can heal and become better, more whole, more happier human beings but simultaneously doing that in the world as well. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And I, I relate with you. And and so glad for this full circle moment, as you said, when did it like really, you knew that you, this, this was your calling, you knew that you had empathy for the world. You wanted to know the stories of why. And also your own personal story of growing up, like you said, love and dysfunction, me too. Um, but when did you know like the next level up? Like when did it also become because there's this leap that healers take where it also has to become a business, mm -hmm. right? Where we're still giving, where we're still loving, we're holding community space. But then we, when did you realize, okay, now this is also my sacred business, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I went for my undergrad and I studied human behavior and development, like you said, went to Fordham, and then I did my master's in mental health counseling at City College, um, where I was studying to become a therapist. And so at that point, I already knew that in my undergrad that I wanted to be some kind of therapist healer. And I also knew that I had a deep interest in combining different sectors of the world and making it more interesting and more fun and not being a traditional therapist, right? Having different vehicles. I loved writing poetry. There were many different aspects of my personality that I was nurturing at the same time. And this kind of uh, curiosity about merging spirituality with modern therapy was always in me because I always was deeply um, interested in, in the spiritual world, um, also from a young kid. So I knew then that I would be some sort of healer, speaker of truth, change maker, holding spacer of, of, of healing, right? And so at that point, I knew that it would be some kind of career. I didn't know that I would start my own business, but I always had those kind of entrepreneurial spirit of wanting to do my own thing and not really seeing out there exactly what I wanted. So having to create that myself. And then I would say I took a year off between my undergrad and my master's. And um, I'll save that in-depth conversation for another podcast, but I went on a very alternative route to studying um, spirituality, tantra, shamanism, um, and different energy healing techniques, meditation, breath work, etc. 
And it was there that I really found that kind of combination of spirit and, um, and therapy. And I knew then that I would start my own business. And that was like the first incarnation of my business. And at the time that business was more about energy work and, and body work and, um, holding space for other practitioners to also do, uh, this kind of healing work. And then I realized, okay, I want to, I want to keep going. And then I got my master's, became a therapist and said, okay, now here's where I'm going to start holding space for circles. I, I was initiated in the priestess path and little by little, I started doing these circles for free and I started sharing and then it was like $5 donation. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to do this website. And, and then it started becoming the, uh, a business, a soul-based business. Beautiful. And do you feel like there's some sort of leap that we have to take or like for me, and I'm older than you are, but I had to go, like my mentors, my teachers were the kind that didn't take a picture of their altar. They didn't do all that. And I had to be like the bridge to actually, you know, not 20 years old and being like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of this altar. Okay, I'm going to show up. Like I had to cross that bridge of, okay, I know what it was like before and the way it was done, but now it's actually of service to be transparent, to be more visible. Do you feel like there's, there was something like that for you, maybe slightly different? Like something yeah. that you have to like mindset shift or something. Yeah, I think in the, uh, you know, I think that, well, first of all, the teacher that trained me in my like nine month priestess initiation, she was a Latina therapist who was also uh, studied Tantra and uh, goddess work, right? This priestess work. And she didn't have a website. She didn't promote publicly. It was a very underground thing. My Tantra training underground. So I did a lot with people that were not in the public eye. And there was a beauty to that. And uh, it makes sense that that's what I would have naturally found. And my first Tantra teacher was also a Latina woman. And so um, in that realm, it was underground. And so then becoming a therapist was very like normal world, right? And I knew that I wanted to kind of merge the two together even in that sense. So there was this point of saying, you know, coming out the spiritual closet and really saying, okay, I'm going to merge these two and I'm going to put it out there. And there is a, a wisdom, I think, in um, being able to keep certain things that you feel sacred, but then also listening to your soul and saying, how can I do this in a unique way that honors what feels right for me, but also um, speaks to the times, right? Cause there's not just one way to do business. There's not one way to do exactly. um, this work, but yes, it definitely was a process. And, um, and I jumped right into it and I said, okay, this is the way I'm going to share it. And I'm going to keep sharing it as best as I can. I, cause I remember it was ancient wisdom with a modern twist or something like right. that. Right. Cause right. I remember I loved it. No, I'm so right. happy. And I mean, now because we've done the work and other teachers have done the work before us. I think that the newer healers who are coming in are just jumping in right away almost because we've already crossed, created that bridge or that pathway. But like you said, there's so many different ways to create businesses. Um, I want to touch a little bit more on something that you don't talk about a lot online and that I admire you for um, your social justice work, your, your work that is deeply entrenched in your own ancestry, right? And your own, and your own deep beliefs and empathy with the world. Um, can you share a little bit? I know that you did a lot of work with Puerto Rico and during the hurricane. And, you know, I know where that comes from now because you told us the story, but tell us a little more about it because I know that you're not like, look at me, look what I've done. So I love that about you. 
So I'd love to give you a platform to share a little bit more about that work. Yeah, I love that. This is the first time I, that I've ever been really asked about that. And um, I don't share it, not that I don't share it like on purpose or anything. It's just like not something that I share that often. Right. But um, I have always liked, and I think that even recently I've been getting this reminder that like in this next year, probably by 2021, God willing, that I can really step into doing even more fundraising, even more activism work, even more connecting and being the bridge for people to get resources or um, of any kind, whether it's money or food or connections to someone that can help them with education. But uh, there's definitely some more of that in me. And it really, with, with Puerto Rico was after Hurricane Maria and I was um, in New York and I wanted to help as best as I could because it was devastating times and obviously my, my family's from Puerto Rico. My grandparents are, we were born and raised, my parents were born and raised in Brooklyn and Bronx, me in Brooklyn and Queens, but a deep connection to my roots and wanting to help in the best ways I knew how. And that was really the first time that I got to organize in a bigger way. Um, not just like donating to a nonprofit, but my dear friend, Nilma Black, she's another, she's a Puerto Rican model, doula, um, mama, and owner of Babu, which is like this app for moms. And she saw that I was posting this GoFundMe to start fundraising. And she said, mama, why don't we get together, mm. do it together and bring more people and connect with other Latina women that were doing this work. And actually at the time, I also collaborated with Fernando who was here. This was before we were together. He was here on the grounds in Puerto Rico. And we, he was kind of also doing the on the ground work, um, getting some of the uh, uh, eco lights, uh, sustainable lights to the people in Puerto Rico. So basically Nilma and I got together with a bunch of other women um, and we collected our resources. We started sharing, we fundraised a lot of money, hmm. um, much more than we thought possible. Uh, we got a grant for a nonprofit that in Puerto Rico that specifically works with moms um, in the doula world. We were able to get um, supplies and food and baby clothes and pampers and, um, you know, batteries and all these things. And it was so amazing to see the power of community and to just share. We did um, an event in person uh, and we got to host this like a uh, fundraising event and it was fun and dancing and salsa. And, you know, there was, um, you know, a newscaster there and really it was, the power of community that brought that together, that got the money, that got the resources, and that we were able to do it in this kind of group effort. And then, um, yeah, I, recently, I, I always try to donate, you know, um, you know, every month I donate and I try to give back to whatever causes that are calling my heart in that moment, whether it's animals or domestic violence or, um, you know, black indigenous people of color, um, LGBT, um, or connecting the dots. And that's really what I found that I really love doing. Like someone calls me, they're like, we have, you know, 10 pallets of food and Nilma's usually the, the bridge. So we, we're, we're definitely going to probably do more together, but she'll get a call. She reaches out to me. She knows I reached out to someone and then we get food into the arms of people that are homebound and can't get access to that food. Yeah. You know, so these are all the things that happen with, with the power of community, the power of social media and the power of just having an intention. So I definitely want to do more of that. It is so fulfilling and um, we need more of it. Yes, thank you. Thank you for doing that work, Christine. And 
Thank you for sharing with us. I want to touch before we go into the book a little bit about love. Um, so was this a big surprise to, for you and Fernando to, because you said you already worked together. Like if we could touch a, a little bit upon it before we go into your book, like, was it a surprise? Was it a friendship? Was it something that developed over time? Yeah, it was like a light friendship, I would say. Not like a friendship friendship, but there was always a draw to his work. And like many people that followed him and his photography and his writing, it, there was definitely something about his soul that I felt a draw to as a, you know, I wanted to be there for him or just check up. And um, we did get to work on that project together, you know, just um, working. And I remember my friend Nilma actually, she was like, E Fernando, como que maybe maybe he and i was like nah like <laughs> and she knew it you know uh she actually met her husband and like they got married with a very short period of time as well and they're you know they've been married for like 11 years now they have two beautiful girls but um so she was like yeah i think that you guys have a lot in common and, and i was like brushed it off like no i didn't see it at the time and um and then yeah fast forward i hired him to do some photos and he always says, by the way, this is not what I do in my photography sessions, but like that is what ended up happening that I hired him to do photos for my book trailer and my book um, proposal. And um, there was a moment where they literally I brushed against him and I did feel like a spark of some kind. And, and we just very naturally, we just were casual and just really enjoying the energy of it, not really thinking, but also feeling like I've never felt so casual with someone. And so also at the same time, like there was a knowing that um, we could be life partners. Um, and yeah, we just followed it and we went to, we traveled and then we went to, we all grow together and everything kind of happened like that. Like it wasn't something that we planned or thought, but I think very early on when we started, you could feel that there was something more there, even though we were like not talking about it. I love it. I love it. And there's something about being really truly present in the moment, right? That opens us up because I think that a lot of spiritual women reach out or people and they're like, you have to know when you look at somebody across the room, these myths, and it's like, just be present and allow for what's supposed to unfold to unfold. Right. And that happened with me as well. And so that's really beautiful. So tell me about this beautiful book. Um, tell me the title and then let's go into what inspired you to name it. The I am Diosa, um, I am Diosa book. Yeah. Yeah. So the book is, I am Diosa, a journey to healing deep, loving yourself and coming back home to soul. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's published by Tarcher Perger, uh, Penguin Random House. And the forward is by Rachel Brayton, yoga girl and, there's a prayer in the beginning of the book by grandmother Flor de Mayo, who's one of the 13 indigenous grandmothers. And so originally the proposal was called the soul call. That was the original proposal. And I sat with that and there's something that I love about that. I loved something about that, but the soul call for me sounded more like, um, I don't know, something related to like passion or purpose or something like that. And, I sat with it and I was like, you know, all the work that I do is about this Diosa community, about Diosa retreats and embracing the inner divinity. And, um, and there was something that I felt was fearful in me about naming it I am Diosa because of the white mainstream spirituality and yeah. not being mainstream enough. And these are the conversations that usually you have with your homegirls 
behind closed doors and you're kind of like embarrassed to talk about or you don't want to admit out loud. But I think there was a big part of me that was struggling with, you know, if I name it this, am I alienating an audience, um, yes. et cetera. But meanwhile, in my whole entire work that I do, I've never thought like that because I've always been very specific that my main audience is Latino women, women of color. And of course, all women and souls, because sometimes I work with men or someone that's non-binary or you know, it doesn't matter, but primarily, right, for the sake of like demographic and focus, it's women and women of color specifically. And so I thought, what is this in me? And I spoke about it with my husband and he was like, who cares? Right? Like you're not speak, you're not like speaking towards specifically white women. You're speaking towards who you've always been speaking towards, which is primarily women of color and all women. And whoever's going to vibe with your work is going to vibe with it anyway. And so I sat with that and it took a while. Like it wasn't until like, right, like I would say right before I submitted the book that I wasn't like sure. And that I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to claim it. And it was also a claiming of me claiming my Latinaness and claiming my cultural identity and claiming my worth and trusting that and not, um, you know, diluting um, the name of it for fear of non-acceptance. And that was really powerful for me. So it was like a spiritual choice um, as well and a claiming. Uh, so it, it, that was the title and, um, and, and I felt like this is, this means something more because this book is not just about me and my story or the lessons that I'm giving. It's about what this is going to do psychologically and spiritually for other Latino women, women of color that are reading this. And so having them see that this is a book and claiming that was really important to me. I love it. I love it. And it's empowering. When I say the words, I am Diosa, it's really like, here I am in all my wholeness, you know? And so I, I love that energy. And what does Diosa mean? So Diosa is the Spanish word for goddess. And originally when I started this work, I just did, you know, priestess work or goddess work. And I had gotten like this download that was, you know, this is about you tapping into the energy of your diosa, which is very different than the energy of goddess. Mm. And um, the way it sounds, the way the words roll off your tongue, um, the energy behind it, the cultural connection to my roots as being a Puerto Rican woman. Um, and all of that infused that, uh, that calling, right, to to really speak to and and bring back that that feminine in in using the word diosa. I love it. I love it, and it is. It does really roll off the tongue differently. What is your intention with this book? So many things, but first and foremost, for um, anyone that comes across this book, and again, particularly Latina women, women of color, to feel seen, to feel heard to feel validated, to have someone that they can identify with. I think, um, I forget who it was that said this. I don't know if it's Robin Moreno, but um, you can't be what you can't see. And being able to see someone that um, shares some more grittier stories or that has some sort of cultural background or that can, you can identify with as, you know, someone that has gone through maybe more similar things um, than the more uh, mainstream white white spirituality books that are out there right now, that there's something deep about that in and of itself. And then the second piece of that is really having a book that really speaks to shadows and trauma work and love addiction and, and um, in a really grounded way, 
that's not that that still loves affirmations and soul work and all these beautiful things but that doesn't use that as a band-aid and that says you know we're not looking to be happy all the time we're looking to have sustainable tools so that we can embrace all of our emotions so really having this grounded approach to healing and spirituality i love that i love that and i feel that it's so true that it, we need to gone are the days of just trying to love and light it um that's like a con that's been a contemporary um and a very very prevalent in white spirituality and then conventional spirituality but it's changing it's changing we're realizing we need a grounded approach which is where really all our ancestors and our ancestral wisdom comes from right ground yes. up root up not like up in the sky yes. um what inspired you in your own life um to really unpack trauma I mean, we've touched a little bit on it. Like you said, you had empathy and you also went through the love and dysfunction in the home. Um, what is, you know, if you could share a little bit more about the work that you do that has informed your spiritual coaching. And the, yeah, and the I, I think that with, uh, with trauma, with love addiction, with particularly with pain in that kind of area of like, what does, how do you walk away from the negative patterns that were born out of, you know, your childhood, that were born out of the ways that you coped with your childhood, specifically traumatic um, instances that have happened, and being able to go on a journey myself of saying, you know, how am I going to unpack this for myself? How am I going to untangle the webs that are in my psyche and my soul as a result of this, ex these experiences, right? And a big part of that for me was, you know, being in really toxic relationships where, you know, the guy was abusive and controlling and and all these things. And I was like, I need to break free, right? It was like this deep, you know, like they say, God-sized hole. And I was looking to fill in in whatever way I could, um, whether that was alcohol, whether that was fucking, whether that was a toxic relationship, whether that was avoiding. And I always had this kind of like, you know, dual life in a way. And so I knew I wanted to get out of it, but I couldn't. And really getting therapy and, you know, going on this spiritual path and taking these small steps to walk away from these, you know, uh, patterns and doing that myself and realizing, okay, this work is not easy. It's actually quite hard and grueling at times, but it's always, always worth it. And that self-love and that self-esteem and that connection to soul becomes your compass to guide you and to redirect you so that you can become who you're meant to be. Right. And sometimes that takes a long time and it's okay. Cause as long as you're on the path, then you are walking towards sustainable happiness. And so what happens oftentimes in this kind of like, you know, quick fix uh, world is that, yeah, we get a quick fix. You know, you get a quick drink or get a quick fuck or you get a quick, you know, comfort from someone that doesn't really serve your highest self, but then you wake up miserable the next day. Yes. And doing the soul work, sometimes it takes time for the fruits to come. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, you got to stay on the path. But always, always is that route a route that opens up to limitless possibilities versus the other way, it always ends up being a dead end. And so through my own journey, I said, okay, now that I've learned these things and I'm always learning and I'm always unpacking and I'm always going on that journey to healing that trauma and, and learning to instill healthier patterns, et cetera, the work is never done. But when I got enough of that to realize, okay, like this is what I want to help other people do help them walk away from those toxic relationships, help them learn to love themselves. Um, really that inspired, you know, the basis of all the work that I do. And then, um, you know, essentially it's like taking the things that I do in a God, in the Diosa retreat and 
and showing people how to go to the root of their pain in their body and really step-by-step step make changes that last. And what I do in those in-person retreats, although it's not the same, we translated that and, and I put that into the book. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Christine, as we start to come to the close, addressing what, what can you say as the diosa that you are, as the woman who walks her talk, um, to the situations that are happening now that we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with one of the, the biggest civil rights movements, you know, across the world. Uh, is there any message that you'd like to share or anything that comes through from your soul that you'd like to share with anybody who's listening, anyone who's listening now? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what a, what a time, right, to be alive and uh, to give ourselves permission to feel into the, the grief, the shock, the pain, the, you know, the heartache, the rage, the, that there is medicine in all emotions. And part of that, you know, ancestral path that, you know, we're both connected to here from the root up, like you said, right, from the ground up, from the, from your yoni, from, from the roots, is that you feel into what is actually happening, right? We're not looking to escape. Um, and that if you're really on a spiritual path, then you can't have true oneness, right? People are like, oh, we're all one. We can't have true oneness until we are truly one in the world. And so if there is racism, which there is, if black and brown bodied people are dying simply by the skin color of their skin, we have to do the inner work, not only to heal for our own lives, but to save the lives of other people that need our strength, that need our voices. And so right now, especially, it's more important now than ever to really tune into our spiritual alignment and to be able to really center ourselves in the strength of our spirit and our souls. Because when we're fueled up with true spirituality, then you can't help but be grounded in the realities of the world. You can't help but wanna elevate the voices of those that have been marginalized, of those who are being killed of those who need to, to be protected, to be honored, to... So for me, this is a time for us to remember the reason why we came into this work, right? With that little girl that wanted to alleviate human suffering, with you know, that feeling and, and using whatever resources we can, whatever privilege we have to do our work, right? To unpack our own um, inner um, bias, our own inner racism. Um, that as Latina women that are, you know, white presenting, that have the choice, right, to be a woman of color, but not have to worry about their skin color, um, like our black brothers and sisters, to use that privilege and to feel what you got to feel and get into action, right? And this is with anything that's going on in the world, especially right now, like, let's tune into our spirit. Let's Call on our ancestors of the highest truth, the ones that are there to have our back, to remind us. Let's be spiritually fueled up. Let's give ourselves space to let go of whatever we need to let go of, to cry, to mourn, and then charge up with community. I think community is a big key word right now so that we can make changes. Because for me, this is what being spiritual is really about. Like, this is spiritual, right? So yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see um, people waking up um, I'm excited and I pray that these changes are um, lasting and that laws change and that 
we are um, active participants in the world and that we use our spiritual practice um, to give back, to really give back. Mm, yes, 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 yes. And I just want to invite us to just take a deep breath in because those are really powerful words, Christine. And just asking all of our ancestors, of anyone, everyone who's listening, that our well ancestors step up, that we continue to heal, that we continue to be present to all that is within us, as Christine said. And then we get moving, right? To feel our feelings and then take action and to use whatever privilege that we have to support and protect our Black brothers and sisters. And this is our sacred work. Spirituality is not about escaping, but spirituality is about being present here now and serving in whatever capacity we can to the changes that are happening within us and around us at this time. May we invite uh, more personal healing, collective healing, social justice, and safety for all. Así será, amen. Thank you. Ashe, aho, amen. Blessed be. Gracias, hermana. Thank you, mi amor, and thank you. And, whew, I'm just chills. Um, I just love your message and I love the truth of what you're speaking because it is, and there's a new time coming and that's why we're here. I deeply, deeply believe that. How can people get your book? How can they find out about it? I'm going to be sharing all the details in the body of this podcast, but what date is it coming out? When can we expect it? And I'll be sharing everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you will have the link, um, that you will give them and I think it's going to be I am Viosa book.com and it'll also be on my main website christineg.tv and um, if you're listening to this during the time that there's pre-orders you get to have these beautiful gifts that I've created as a thank you for people that buy the book um, and there'll be amazing gifts that also come out um, and then the actual publication date which is when you get it to your house is August 25th 2020. Beautiful. Gracias. Gracias, Christine. Thank you everyone for listening. Please let us know if this has served you. Share with your community. Share with your diosas. And, um, and be safe. Be well. Be real. Be present. Take care of yourselves. And keep rising in spirit. Gracias.